Hello, everybody, and welcome to the first episode of Jeb's World. Today's episode is with two of my best friends who I've known since we first met together studying abroad in China. They are uh, hooligans, businessmen, and all-around great guys who I really enjoy talking to. Today's episode is with Alexander Yoakum and Gabriel Gonzalez. Hell yeah. All right. Well, let's go, boys. A little uh, Lou for the first pod. I'm so glad you guys are here. Yes. Salut. Salut. Mm. Let's hear grab the cold one. <sighs> Must be drank cold. Mine's great. Yeah, it's good. Mine's pretty cool. We're going to have to tear out the new one here after we get uh, rolling then. Yeah, you're going to be officially the first people to ever see it or try it. Is it finalized? It's ready to go, man. We're launching in two days. Two days? Yes. Oh, snap. Like in the markets. In Miami? In Miami and across Florida uh -oh. at all Total Wines. No way. Yeah. Dang. It's going to be like a focus product. When yeah. you walk into a Total Wine, it's the first product you see there. It's called a new item display. Yeah, yeah. So you're going to walk in and be like, so with these green boxes. And this is passion fruit. It's going to be passion fruit, aka maracuya, and lemon. So we're gonna have both on yeah. our variety pack. Nice. How many stores do you have? Well, accounts we have around 250, and specific stores for Total Wine we have 35. Wow. Yeah. And how'd you uh, convince them to uh, take your product? <laughs> well, well. You see here, Sonny. <laughs> you know that was actually our first retailer. Yeah. This, oh wow! I don't know if this, one, this stuff we want to talk about. We have better topics, but <laughs> the, no, that's interesting. Feels like a good place to start. Yeah. yeah, the way it happened was, dude, we were just hitting the pavement, trying to open accounts. We we're going to like you know, John at the you know, gas station for them to try to sell our <laughs> yeah. shit, and then at some point we're like, okay, we need real retailers. It's a very complicated process. Publix is not going to take it, and my co-founder Ricardo finds like a minority owned business application for Total Wine, like a program. So I write up the application, he submitted. And then a couple of days after someone from Total Wine reaches out and says, Hey, we'd like to, to try the product and, and hear more about you guys. And what we did was we send them, instead of just sending them product, we send them our PR package. So go back a couple months. So this is around summer of 2022. So last year, a couple months before when we said, hey, we need something for like famous people, influencers or partners that we want to engage with. And we have to be like very real. What would we do? And then we came up with a PR package, you know, a box where you have two cans of Casalou and then there was a CD and a Discman, like a CD player. <laughs> Throwback. And... I went to a studio and recorded like an intro of here's the story of Casalou and selected 23 tracks that I saw as like my childhood reggaeton, like, you know, what put Latino culture at the top all the way to like what I see as the future. 
and that's like our package that we started getting to like you know rappers and reggaeton artists and everything so when total wine comes through we just send that shit we're like Go if we're gonna it. use it with anyone let's use it with them and then you know like radio silence for like two three weeks and then they say okay we want to do a call we do a call and one of the owners of total wine shows up to the call wearing the oh, this wow. man oh, and amazing. he's like i wore this to like a board meeting <laughs> this is the coolest thing any brand has ever sent me and he was we were we thought we were gonna have to pitch him he's already like you're gonna get three stores three cases each and we'll start there and then we kind of will go from yeah. from there like his brother is a congressman and like these are people <laughs> i mean total wine is the biggest independent liquor store chain in the country uh. and i mean they, they do billions of dollars yeah, what did you say how much they sold last year wasn't it it's crazy it's on yeah. the billions of dollars yeah, for sure yeah and tom tom trone what a g man he's <laughs> awesome and dude till this day he's pretty much being an advisor kind of like mentor from a retailer perspective yeah in terms of saying you guys just keep pushing just keep pushing the best liquid is gonna win i can tell you as the owner of this shit that this liquid is top of the game just keep pushing for sure and that's how we got total wine well, especially how much those guys see probably on a weekly if not daily basis to be able to break through that thousands of brands it's gotta be on a right? weekly basis it's terrible for them like it's so much <laughs> yeah. it's so much there's not enough space not at all and everyone's got an idea for the next the next thing the next drink the next er fizzy whatever everybody Mixer. has an idea yeah um it's become so simple to to do it to make it which you know from my perspective is great you know giving mm -hmm. people the access to do it uh, the tough part in the liquor industry is really distribution so okay let's say you make something that's good first of all do you have the margins to have a real business and then second who's going to put you in those stores because you can't go yourself okay. if, you, if you're liquor based typically i mean rules change but mm -hmm. it's it's almost impossible so that's where the true challenge begins oh yeah well no you hit on like a like the elimination of barriers to be able to make something is nice but then there's all the noise of just joe schmo made a case made a pallet of this and wants to get it here or there it's and it's tough because what are the success metrics right and mm -hmm. let's hypothetically say it's sales in each retailer is different but i think in the beginning of the journey a lot of retailers got excited or they typically get excited about stuff. Like if I come to anybody and say, hey, I have a seltzer, they look at me as if I'm like a freak. They're like, we don't touch that. Oh, really? At all. Get away, run away. I don't want to talk to you. If I come in and say, I have an RTD, which is a ready drink, ready to drink, they'll be like, okay, I'm listening. I'm like, Motherfucker, it's the same thing. <laughs> it's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, are you kidding me? And that was what was cool about Total Wine was that Tom, yeah. since the beginning, he's like, oh, well, the people are like differentiating these two things. It's like, they're just full of shit. Like, yeah, for sure. And well, the seltzer thing's funny because like now you go into any grocery store and you've got like Sonic and Bojangles and like every, uh, the energy drink brands, bang, like all of, them, all of them are doing seltzers now. Yeah. I feel like there's more than any light beer or craft beer section. It's like the, the yeah, seltzer sure. wave. I think what's tricky is that for buyers, um, 
and and there are obviously a lot of smart smart buyers in the industry but you how do you cut through the clutter right oh 100%. like how do you pick let's say it's beer and i mean beer is not dead it's just how are people drinking beer when how um it's just changed with seltzers mm -hmm. it's like bro like it's the same thing rtd seltzer does he have bubbles does he not have bubbles is it made out of liquor is it not made out of liquor i don't care what are people drinking right like high noon you say seltzer but they market themselves as an rtd just because the retailers don't want to hear <laughs> seltzer and they don't care they're like okay shit, fine but that is a challenge they have and because distribution is so tricky in the united states and you can't self-distribute with liquor based um mixed products typically well actually at all um they simply gotta rely on who's bringing it through the door like who is my distributor of trust and then the distributors are not incentivized to carry new brands because you want to it's easier to put another jack daniels in the truck if you're a liquor distributor yeah, yeah. so what you're seeing then is okay you're seeing pepsi and coke get into the game because they're the ones who know how to have relationships they, they have with a retail. They, <laughs> ha they have distribution oh, arms oh. for alcoholic for alcoholic beverages so oh, first snap. time in history yeah. yeah um and it makes sense because they are the ones who know how to drop product in yeah oh yeah in reach, sure. like yeah, like yeah. grocery stores yeah which is where the majority of the volume is moved i mean north carolina is different because you have the yeah, abc the but in well, what changed because when y'all were first doing it we could order it right yeah it the state started cracking down on um like out-of-state shipments yeah and all the 19-year-old kids that were just <laughs> ordering alcohol to that, their door. That's also popping up, but the that UPS was after the fact. like, I don't check yeah. IDs. Like, I'm not a, yeah, <laughs> I'm not a like, bouncer at I'm a not bar. a bouncer. Yeah. We're shipping to almost every state. North Carolina is still kind of tricky, but... Mm -hmm. um, scoop here is that we're probably going to start selling at the ABC next week. Oh. So. Oh. Yeah. Wow. But not with, with both or with the... Uh, both. Wow. Variety pack. Yeah. Dang. Send an email today saying like, hey, you can put the order for a pallet yeah. of product. Oh, that's big. Yeah. So I'm going to have to make you run to the store and be like, hey, where's my Casa Luz? Yeah, exactly. We'll clear them out. Yeah. Get the studio stocked up. Exactly. Heck yeah. So, Dang, uh, man. Are, are those, uh, are the laws on liquor, are they kind of stagnant? Do you feel like they're coming down or like, is it easier and easier or is it kind of stagnant? No, I wouldn't say necessarily is easier and easier. Pretty stagnant. Most of the rules stem from prohibition times. So <sighs> what, what you have in the United States is what's called a three-tier system. And the three-tier system states that you can't be the producer of the beverage, the distributor of the beverage, and the retailer of the beverage. In theory, you can be two out of the three. Not quite. Um, making your own beverage and distributing it to, you would have to have a distillery, doesn't really work because you know how many brands are gonna raise millions of dollars yeah. or have millions of dollars to build a facility and a distillery to then also have trucks it just doesn't work so what you really find is that the makers are separate to the distributors the distributors are separate to the retailers and that is what you have in the united states and what you would think that would create competition but it's really what it's done is create monopolies yeah because mm -hmm. um, people control their one yeah 
piece of the equation there. The equation. So you'd have retailers yeah. right now, for example, Total Wine is under a lawsuit. Um, and I'm going to use the facts wrong, but with the state, fundamentally, I mean, they're going to Supreme Court for saying, hey, they give preferential treatment to Southern Glazers, which is the biggest distributor in the country. There's only one liquor distributor in the country that distributes to the whole mm. country. Everybody else distributes to parts of the country. Yeah, they're all regional with their... Like, they're pretty regional. Yeah. But they're the big four. So they'll split the country in two or they'll do Canada and the US. It's sort of tricky. But um, but yeah, to answer your question, they're pretty stagnant. Um very, very stagnant. I mean, in in North Carolina, you have something that's called the mixed alcohol uh, tax. So, you know, Jacob might go to a store and buy a case of Casalou for, let's say, $40. But then if a bar says, I want the same, they got, they're going to get taxed almost at two times the cost. Are you serious? Cost. Well, dude, a high noon is like 15 bucks that's if you go why. downtown. It's like... That's why. They have a higher tax at a bar than a, at a, like a total wine. Yes. Correct. That, that an ABC. Uh, uh, yeah. In in Florida, that's not the case. Everybody's the oh, same. It's state. The biggest thing I've seen change in like um, alcohol rules is like where you can drink publicly in North Carolina. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm sorry, what? But you can like drink like in certain parts downtown in Raleigh now, you can like go out and oh, walk around. Wow. The yeah. yeah. It's like it's a sip and stroll. Yeah. Well, There's like a social district. Yeah. We now. saw that in Greensboro maybe for a little bit. When we were oh yeah exactly yeah, yeah same thing yeah like from here to here it's okay but like from here to here <laughs> like, yeah. I at know. new york i mean i don't know exactly what the laws are but people just drink kind of everywhere <laughs> of course <laughs> that's how it is you remember how it was in china you oh yeah, drink everywhere. yeah yeah well yeah i don't even know if uh, yeah i don't even know what the laws are in that as an, as an no american laws. we probably yeah, uh, yeah, don't yeah. know if they apply to, yeah. to us just, do, just doing the extreme stuff yeah, yeah. that's right <laughs> How are things in the uh, the Big Apple? Good, good. I will say, the time change, not a fan. Oh, yeah. Because it gets dark. That's quick. right. Yeah. So do you know what's the deal with that time change? Like, what's this backstory? Do you have any idea? No. But I, was, I was hoping if anyone knew it would no, be you. But I know New Mexico <laughs> doesn't listen, right? And I think Arizona, right? <laughs> at least New Mexico, maybe Arizona. Don't we have Benjamin Franklin to thank for this at some point? <laughs> I actually don't know if that's the case, though. It, it's really annoying, though, because my... my Yo, sister, fact uh, check. John, John, I think we need to pull up <laughs> yeah. the history of the... <laughs> I thought he was like a president who did it, but uh, it, it, maybe I'm wrong. It's really annoying because my sister's in Vietnam, and then my wife's family's in China, and my grandparents are in Switzerland. And I'm always trying to figure out what time it is, and it's just total <laughs> chaos. Bro, it sucks <laughs> it's just because it gets dark. Like, yeah. It's 7 p.m., and I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so tired. <laughs> yeah. Why? It's time to go to bed. This is oh, I'm going back to Miami. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Miami. I, I, I guess... Uh, it gets, it's better. <laughs> it's definitely better. All right, here we go. So daylight saving time was first implemented in the U.S. with the Standard Time Act of 1918, a wartime measure for seven months during World War One, in the interest of adding more daylight hours to conserve energy resources. Year-round daylight savings time or wartime was implemented again during World War II. Yeah, but who had that idea? Well, who kept it? Yeah, <laughs> I guess they were expecting a World War III. The, world, the, <laughs> the war's <laughs> over, but we're still on the same, the yeah, same wavelength. It, 1918, that's Woodrow Wilson, right? Oh, I used to know this. I, I, I don't know anymore. Keep, keep going down here. Let's see if we can find some more information. Oh, oh, here we go. Go back. Why did 
Oh, yeah. Your Benjamin Franklin. Yeah. Okay. So we got that right. Um, no, the Eli savings one thing that Fra- no, Franklin no! didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, you're no, spreading, national, spreading. national treasure lied to me. National <laughs> treasure, Nicholas Cage. I have nothing. To, I can't thank them for this. He merely suggested change their sleep schedules to save money on candles and lamp oil. All right, Ben, you're no help here. All right, there we go. Next one. Who invented daylight savings time and why? And I. George Hudson proposed the idea of changing clocks by two hours every spring. Presented the idea as a way to save energy. Oh, so I guess you're going to sleep when it's dark outside so you don't have to like burn more, burn oil or like use power. Pretty outdated, though. I mean, I, I don't wake up when the sun comes up. I'll tell you that. Yeah, yeah. yeah how do we revert? Unless the bank's how, how, how do we revert this? Like, how hasn't someone been like, yo, this is stupid. Can we please stop? Like, we're done, right? Like, we have, we'll bring you back have, again in World we're not War III. But, candles to, yeah. to power ourselves anymore. <laughs> the hell? Yeah. Know, maybe, Actually, see, maybe see if you can find a, an actual uh, a source here. We'll, if at we'll all, isn't it worse? Like, people... I guess AC is the one thing you could say with, but <laughs> Wait, why is it so everything. much worse than is it is New York significantly different after it's worse because when you're off work it's already dark. Oh yeah, of course. And, yeah, and, yeah. and I was I uh too. I was trying to beat my high school mile. I have, okay. <laughs> I, I have a thing where I want yeah, well, yeah, I want like every year or two to beat a personal record. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And whatever it is, right? So one year it doesn't have to be physical. Right, one year I did 340 digits of pi, right? Uh, one year I did um, 2,000 push-ups. Right? Yeah, that was that's my big right. one. And then more recently in New York, I did the um, all the burrows in a day, which was 100,000 steps. Oh, damn, yeah, your walking challenge. Yeah, did you die? <laughs> no, but it was really bad because it actually <laughs> rained that day. I, I kid you not, I had an umbrella for like 12 hours. Oh, I don't, I didn't know that. It was, it was, it was. Pretty miserable. Wait, so how many I can't hours? Even say it was fun. <laughs> it was just miserable. I'm sure it wasn't fun. Can you decommit? De- like, oh no, I'll try tomorrow. I could have, but I was going on vacation in two weeks, and I wanted to not be broken by the time I was there. So I, I sort of was locked in. Um, Were you down bad after? I, I was down bad. My yeah. my foot start, was soaked, and I was sort of like walking through the pain. It it, it was pretty bad. I, I could have hurt myself. I mean, to be fair, the, the, when I when I did the, the push up thing, <laughs> when I, when I did when I did push ups, I, I learned about the American uh, medical system. Yeah. So I did push ups. I hurt my stomach. Went to the emergency room. Thirteen thousand dollars. Now, mm-hmm. I had insurance, but oh yeah, the bill pre the bill was yeah. thirteen thousand dollars. Like if you don't have insurance, how much did you pay? Out I, of the I think 13- it was free. It was still a lot. Really? But, yeah. Free. No, three thousand. Definitely not free. Three thousand. Um, so you paid thirteen hundred? No, no, I paid three thousand, but it was thirteen thousand total. Oh wow, I was <laughs> missing a zero. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it, it was it, it was a lot. Um, and the worst part is they didn't, you know, they don't tell you the price until afterwards. There's nobody that's like, by the way, this is gonna be really expensive. Right. Oh yeah, they're not like, hey, before you get into this, yeah. let's let's just talk it, about even it. even though they know. Well, coming in, they, know. they should they're know. Like, they could give you a, at least an estimate. They'd be like, yo, this is going to be like 10 to 15K. Yeah, 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 would, exactly. Would you like to move exactly. forward with the process? I was in Thailand, okay? My leg had a black mark on it. Oh, yeah. I, I had been swimming and something bit me. 
I don't know what it was. But you my, were in a Sri Lanka. Yeah, yeah. Shilanka. I was I was in Sri Lanka. I got bit by something. Started getting sick. Went back to Thailand, and I was meeting my girlfriend's parents at the time. I'm walking around this like old temple, and I literally collapse. I cannot walk any further. And I'm with like her parents I just met. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so embarrassing. But we go to the uh, the hospital. And they work on me. I don't know what they did. I'm like, oh God, I'm in Thailand. This is gonna be terrible. Like, I'm gonna lose yeah. my leg. Like, dude, two hours. They worked on it, fixed it. It was like twenty dollars. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, this is this a joke? I mean, it was insanely cheap. I didn't. I was so confused. It was it was absurd. But I was just like, wow, twenty dollars for a. Compared like a, to yeah, yeah thirteen thousand dollars. Dude, do you remember when we went to the hospital in uh was it when we walked into <laughs> we the go, hospital? We go to in, a lot of hospitals. <laughs> yeah, yeah, what's up <laughs> in the hospital? Dude, was what? it us that walked into the hospital uh, in China for the extra credit? Yeah, for the yes. extra credit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a pretty yeah. It was kind of a dismal scene. That was there, a dismal uh, yeah. dismal scene. And you, I mean, you've had your own issues. I mean, I I fell off yeah. a motorbike and and should have gone to the hospital in Cambodia, but you. <laughs> But you destroyed it. In, in, what, was it Thailand or Indonesia? Yeah, but I didn't hurt myself. You didn't hurt I yourself, just, just the bike. Greatly damaged Where the Where was motorbike. that, in Bali? Yeah. <laughs> you know the motorbike story? Hey, you told me about it. <laughs> but we can relate it. Let's go. It's a good one. I want, I want to hear on it. On the record. It's a good one. It's a good Post-graduation, one. Post-graduation, me me and uh, Tanner are like, hey, big trip overseas. Let's go to Bali first, Singapore next, Thailand. And then I linked up with Xanders in Barcelona. But day one, I'm there by myself. So... I was like, I saw everyone riding around on mopeds and the hostel I was staying at renting mopeds. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to get a moped today. Tanner's coming in tomorrow morning and then, you know, I'll know where to go. We can link up. So I get on this moped and I'm going sort of up this hill and this hill goes into an elevated or the, the road goes to an elevated area between these two hills. And then there's like this rock outcropping that I want to get up to. <clears throat> so I drive by, I come back down the hill and I'm trying to basically do a Yui on the road to go back. So I went up, came down. I'm trying to go back now because I'm all right, I'm actually going to go up there. Because there wasn't a trail, but I was like, you know what? I'm here. It's an adventure. Let's do it. And I hadn't ever really ridden a moped before. So like, I'm still trying to figure out the turning radius of everything. So I'm doing the Yui, but I'm taking it really wide. Like way too wide to you know make it happen in the in the width of the road that I had. So I basically end up on the side of the road with the scooter running perpendicular to the road. So it's pointed basically straight out to the side, <laughs> looking over the elevated side. So the, the scooter's in the grass. So there's like 20 foot, 30 foot drop. 20, oh, shit. It was, it was pretty steep. And it's just like a trash, you, you know, overseas. <laughs> yeah. So it kind of just like yeah. landfills places. Right. So I'm looking out over there. And then behind me is the road. And I think I'm trying to turn it. But before I turn it, I just gas the throttle and the bike just shoots out from under me and falls 20, 30 feet down into this pile of garbage. And I'm looking <laughs> when that first happens, like you don't know, like I'm just yeah. looking around. I'm like, Oh, I don't really know what just happened, but that couldn't have just happened. <laughs> so I'm like looking down there and then this dude just stops on the side of the road and he, he walks over and he looks down with me and he was, he was some local guy and he looks at me and I'm like, I, I, what are we going to do here, bro? Because, like, I don't know if I'm going to go down there. But, like, maybe you know someone. And at this point in my mind, I was like, I'm just going to buy this dude a new moped. Like, I, I'm not <laughs> doing this. But then before I know it, I'm surrounded by, like, 10 or 15 locals. And they're like, all right. You know, they're, they're like, talking to each other, getting hype. 
So then we all walk down there and we are like knee to waist deep in garbage bags oh. walking over to this scooter that is in the middle of it. <laughs> and it took it took like five or six of us to get the scooter up out of the garbage and like push it up the, the steep side of this crevasse <laughs> to get it back onto the road. So we're and I'm in the back. I'm just heaving with all my might because I was like, I got to get this scooter out of here. <laughs> So we get it up and then this other guy jumps on and he just like starts driving it up the street. I was like, what is he doing? Like, I got it. I need the moped back. But I think he was like checking it out for me. So he comes back, he drops it off. He looks at me. He's like, you're good to go. <laughs> and I'm like, oh boy, I just got off. I, I can't believe it. So I get on it, but the handlebars is like, instead of being up, like <laughs> arms extended, it's like down in my lap. So you're driving it like a little like racer scooter. <laughs> so I get on this thing and I'm driving it and I'm like, all right. What is my game plan now? Because I definitely, I was staying at the hostel. I rented it from that night, but I was like, I don't really know if I want to deal with this today. Like, I think I'm going to try to dodge it. So I just, I think I stayed out all day. I went around and just like went to some beaches. I got dinner and then I went back at like, you know, whatever it was at night, dropped it off. And the next morning I wake up. And I walk out, and the guy who the guy who owns all he goes, my scooter, my scooter, my scooter, and I'm like, oh, bro, well, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll help you with your scooter. So Tanner, and then Tanner comes in. We have the whole day, but the next day, the guy's like, okay, at like six in the morning, me and you were gonna go fix the scooter, and I'm like, all right, I'll go with you. I'll pay the guy whatever we need to pay. We'll do it. So the next morning, I wake up. At like six or seven in the morning, we're just walking the scooter because he doesn't want to drive it. And we're on like this road of garage doors. And I guess it's just like small businesses. Like one will be a, a, a clothing shop. Then you get like a shoe shop. And then this one guy just meets us at this garage door and opens it up. And it's like a mechanic shop. And they start taking apart the scooter. They're like looking at it, trying to figure out what's wrong with it. And it turns out those mopeds have like a beam that literally shapes the scooter and it's like kind of a Hmm. like a like a lopsided l if you will you know and they get down there and that l has just turned into a v it went from like a weird l (laughs) to like a tight v and he's like we're gonna have to take this somewhere and i was like look bro i'm leaving in like 24 hours like i gotta get out of here i think i paid and and honestly talking about just like prices of stuff i think i paid the dude 100 us and got out of there and he was like that'll be more than enough to to fix this bro what a dedication. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and that was I feel like Sanders would have done that. I would have led that shit. Like, <laughs> I, I, no blink. I was just like, all right, I'm walking back. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. When, it, when it came off, was your initial thought like, oh, shit, I fucked up? Or was it, thank God I wasn't on it? Oh, like, oh, shit. Oh, shit, I fucked up. You weren't yeah, thinking like, because oh, I mean, I if you were up. on it, yeah. you would have hurt yourself pretty bad. I would have, but honestly, it's disgusting to think about, but there was so much garbage <laughs> down there, you could have just <laughs> oh, swan dove into it, and I think you would have been perfectly fine. Probably would have worked like a oh, dude, when, I, when we got out, I looked down, and, my, and I guess I was like, because my adrenaline was going, because I was freaking out. I mean, I was by myself. I was, yeah. T- I mean, what are you, 21? Yeah. yeah, and I'm like, so once my adrenaline wears off, I look down, and I've got red ants all over oh. my legs and i'm just getting bit driving this broken scooter <laughs> and i'm like i gotta get in the water i don't know that so i pull up at the at like the ritz carlton or something i just run i run out back into the water <laughs> and i'm just standing in their beach like trying to get the ants off my legs oh my 
<laughs> I was like, all right, I'm just, I'm going to leave now. But I remember driving down this hill, just getting bit like, okay, I got to get to the ocean. I got to get to the ocean. That being said, motorcycles are awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, 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 I still want to get certified. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. quite. <laughs> now, I could be wrong, but I, I want to say that you actually crashed another one. Bro, so then this, I mean, this is, I mean, it, it's just. How is that even possible? It's a, it's a theme. <laughs> so me and Tanner, we get two scooters. And is this I'm, Indonesia now? No, we're in the same place. Oh, same next, place. I think literally the next day we're in the same place. And we're driving down the hill that I just crashed from. So the hill, you like come down and then you go around this little snake bend. And Tanner's behind me and I'm in front of him. And then but there's like just cars and stuff behind us. And as we're going around this snake bend, I look back to him like, hey, Tanner, let me show you where I crashed my scooter. <laughs> and as no, I said, there's scooter, no way. Face, there's I, no I, way. It is like you could not have <laughs> written it. The scooter slides out from under me, goes <laughs> sideways into what are those things called across the along the, 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 the rail? The yeah, um yeah. what is those things called? Whatever it is. In the, the guardrail right. slides into the guardrail. Tanner's slamming on his brakes, literally almost runs over me in, in his in his moped because I'm sprawled out <laughs> on the gravel. And then there's like a mini truck behind oh. him slamming on his horn. I'm like, what is going <laughs> on? Is. <laughs> Jeez, at least you learned your lesson. Uh, was it God. owned by the same moped owner? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. This was a different oh, okay. moped rental. Yeah, this is a different it was moped. like his cousin. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> They're like this Jacob kid. I, you got to get him out of here. Get him out of the country. To leave. Yeah. No mopeds for you. Like we're going to. We went to Singapore after that. We got out of there. All the moped accidents. I think after that, me and Tanner were riding a double instead of <laughs> yeah, you hire a driver own. after that. <laughs> yeah. Just rented a car. Yeah. <laughs> Normal. <clears throat> no, I don't have good luck on those things. Wow. Yeah, I crashed one too in Cambodia. So, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, somebody like pushed me off the road. And, but I was in Cambodia, so I was like yeah. pretty scared. I was like, I really don't want to go to hospital here. Um, and uh, yeah, it was it was pretty bad. I still did the rest of the trip. Wait, who, how'd they push you off the road? I was just driving on the side of the road, and a car just sort of started merging into me. Oh, and geez. I didn't really know what to do, so I just kind of went farther left into gravel, and I just, <laughs> I, yeah, it was pretty bad. Is it not wild how different driving is I know, in other countries it, it, than yeah. like the United it's so, States? Especially in North Carolina. It's because I mean, even in New York, like I think if I drove, oh, that's right. if yeah. I drove there, I would sort of yeah probably have done better. But it, you know, in Raleigh at least, it's like oh no, you go, no no no, you go. <laughs> it's you know? great. It's that, Dude, it's great. that southern hospitality. Yeah, it's yeah great. Well, our Miami is it uh terrible, bro, <laughs> terrible. Because it's like it's like literally like Latin America. It's become Latin America. Uh, okay, you yeah. know, the cops are Latin American. Like, <laughs> so literally, it's, it's you can kind of do whatever you want. It, yeah, I mean, I, it hasn't. It's even. I would actually say it's even worse than in Venezuela. Like, <laughs> I, it hasn't been a um, tenth of a second since the light goes from red to green honking on my dude uh, so, oh, yeah. everywhere it's like oh, you gotta my, go you gotta go <laughs> dude all day long i'm like just startled yeah. like, <laughs> like please stop like, i don't want to drive anymore i give up yeah it's terrible so but you have good uh public transportation in in new york right yeah if, if you've never seen any other public transportation but yeah true i mean compared to the rest of the u.s new york is a 10 and then compared to the rest well of, i would say chicago is Oh, maybe. And 11. Oh, Chicago's scale. better? Yeah. People use it? 
Yes. Because that's what, it, you know, people yes. actually use it. I think it's just a good balance between the train or the subway and buses. I think that's pretty cool from Chicago. Yeah, that was that was one of my questions. You know, if you, if you arrive late at night, like, mm-hmm. you know, how much would you pay oh, for yeah. an Uber versus versus the subway? Did I, you answer that? <laughs> I, I, can, can you pose yeah. the question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think you yeah so, you arrive, so you arrive, so New York, mm-hmm. you arrive like at nine o'clock on a Saturday. Yeah. So it's not a work day. Mm-hmm. It's really just sort of convenience. So you're at the airport. Your friend is an 80-minute um, by subway or 40-minute by Uber. Mm-hmm. How much would you pay for the Uber? But you put a couple options there. Yes, but 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 I think it's better if it's just like a dollar. I only did that because it's, okay. it, yeah. So personally, I would spend, I think, 40 so if it was fifty dollars, I would take the subway. If it was forty dollars, I would Uber. Yeah. But yeah, what would you? Yeah. I, feel I like, said if I, I think it'd be higher. <laughs> I, I, I know my answer was the highest option you had, ninety like, plus. But I, but I would be like definitely sixty plus. Yeah. I I honestly would pay whatever except for like if it's hundred and fifty bucks, I think that would be my cutoff. Oh wow. That, okay. I mean, that's always the, the the question with like traveling is like where do you spend the money do you spend it on the hotel do you spend it on the like private guide or you like the group guide mm-hmm. on the plane ticket like for me the plane not worth it the hotel yeah. not worth it i would be a guide or food for like an expensive food. i think the oh, most yeah. i've spent mm-hmm. recently would be both on food and experiences so i paid not nothing crazy but compared to us prices which i think it's a good thing uh, but a Real Madrid Barcelona game. Oh, in, that's in Barcelona. Sick. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. And I was like, "This it. is really the best thing I paid like yeah. in this trip." Like this, this was no, I like. And that, it was bro. a great like game that, too. Yeah, that, oh, nice. yeah, that adds to it. And it was like, "Bro, this is great." And you go, out, you get outside of camp now, and you're like, "This is great." I mean, those guys play on Sundays at nine thirty. Like, like the game starts at that at time. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. Very late. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, bro, like tomorrow's Monday, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. No, that's worth it though. But yeah. that that was great. And then San Sebastian, I got really good food, and that was that was mm-hmm. worth, worth it. Yeah, I'm not, I but, mean, I haven't been big on the plane tickets. I would. I mean, mine would definitely be experiences. Dude, sure. I feel like the plane tickets are. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, and yeah. they should be a priority. To me, they're like at the bottom of the. Of the yeah, just I don't know. I, I mean, they're I better, it, yeah. but are they $1,000 better, right? That's where it is. Now, don't get me wrong. When I get like the upgrade on the, on the credit card, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like in first, I'm like, oh, this is kind of nice. But when I'm like going on an international trip, I'm not going to be like splurging to get the, the extra one. Dude, $1,000 just to be, especially when you're going. Because when I'm going, I'm just like, I'm excited. Yeah, coming yeah. back like, would be. Coming yeah. back, maybe. Yeah. Well, I don't even eat airplane food anymore. Like my oh. strategy for oh. my trips now is I, I literally- I, I get like a, a pack lunch from oh. the airport. So I get like a hummus and a sandwich and like a bag of chips and a drink. Mm. And like, that's what I eat on okay. the flight. I don't even eat airplane food anymore. So I don't, even if I like, you know, the food is apparently better. And like, I don't even think I would eat that food. I would just be doing my own little bag lunch. And like, okay. when I do that, that's good. And every time, honestly, this has happened multiple times now where the lady comes around with the trays and she's like, do you want chicken or do you want pasta? And I'm like, I brought mine. And she's like, oh, that was a good choice. Oh, that wow. Was a good choice. I'm like, yeah, because these are like microwave meals. Yeah, yeah. You heated up yeah. eight hours ago 
and then brought. I don't know no, if I want true. that. Yeah. I'm sorry, lady. Unless you're flying that's like smart. Emirates or something. Yeah, unless like you're that. like in the top, 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 which like I'm definitely not going to be doing that. Yeah. Then you're getting something crazy. You, you got to do the Casey Neistat where they pay you to film it. Yeah, right? that's right. Yeah, yeah. Forty thousand. I mean, then I would definitely do it. But not <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but like even when even when I do like little trips, I like to do like a little excursion. Like when we went down to Florida to do some stuff, we did like a fan boat ride, or like we did like What's jet that? skis. It's a fan boat. The fan boat ride through through the Everglades oh, nice. with the guy who you know it's literally a huge fan on a boat. A oh, fan boat, right? Wow. Yeah. Okay. And they're nice. and they're driving you through like drifting and stuff. Those guys Apparently are savage. That stuff's cool. Oh, it's so. I've, cool. heard, I've heard it's great. Those guys I haven't done it, but I mean, you have to compare them to like. I mean, this is probably a little drastic, but like you know, pilots in a way, because they're literally like in, there's like six inches of margin on both sides of the boat. And they're going like 25, 35, 40 miles an hour through the Everglades. And then they're like drifting these boats (laughs) around these turns. And you're just riding while that dude's back there, just Jimmy and the sticks. It's crazy. I feel like that's kind of like the point too with traveling. So I'm a big believer that it's like you live through memories or experiences, right? So I can't imagine Jacob being like, dude, you remember that time I got this amazing caviar pasta <laughs> at Fly Emirates? Yeah. And I was I was sleeping like straight that's down. True. Like, that's true. That's true. Fuck? Like, oh, that's right. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's never what we would. No. So it's like, what would you pay for that? No, that's good. Um, I mean, you get for free. Great. If you're a millionaire too, you can do it. But if not, it's just, uh, it seems pretty crazy to me. Yeah. This is one thing I, I so struggle with, with traveling is I love it. But I think like, like half of my favorite experiences are from traveling. So is that cool or is it depressing? That life at home. That Yeah, that, that, that 50% of my life, 50% of my best experiences are compartment, compart, that word. Compartmentalized. To, compar- yeah, to like a month a year. I guess you, you would have to figure out how to invest in something else that you enjoy and do that at home. Yeah. Um, like it's a consistent different. hobby. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like, but like what are my hobbies? Like horses? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> uh, yeah. Well, I don't know, man. I'm I've been thinking a lot about like people who have homes or like houses, which maybe were not there necessarily yet, but they they get there, and it's like this is like my sanctuary, right? Like you get there, and it's just like everything that you need, and it's like you enjoy it. No, yeah, it'd be a cool balance. Probably undoable in New York, but whatever. Yeah, no, no, but no, but you can enjoy it. But I just mean like my top moments right. are often. Um, yeah, you're not gonna be like, oh, the best thing that happened these years when I watched TV on my couch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that would be fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have a friend who 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 was in finance. Yeah. It was a it was a tough job where every month you started in the red, so you had to kind of pay back the product type deal. Um. And so he didn't take off more than like three days in a row for like three years because if any month, you know, you took too much time off, you would be in the red the whole month. Oh, yeah. And then you'd have to pay the company rather than pay you. Dude, you lost me at red. Can you explain more? So as an individual, he started in the hole. Yeah. So like, let's say he's down every month, 20,000. So, okay, wait a second. So we're talking about a person that that works in finance that has to invest it's like sell a product. Honestly, I didn't really understand it, but something to do with mortgages. Oh, that's what you didn't want to explain to me. I get it. Yeah, no. <laughs> we I, can cut that. No, <laughs> no, I'm not sure how, how it worked, but the, the gist was he's down every month and then it would take like the like in the last five days, he would make all his profit, right? Yeah. The first 25 days are getting even. 
And then the last oh, five, geez. yeah, it's like so stressful, yeah. right? I should do that with my salespeople. Well, $15,000 yeah, I mean, down. Well, first of the month. Well, listen to the end of the story. <laughs> listen to the fire. end of the story before you say that. Uh, because, yeah, so at five days. He jumped five, from it. <laughs> well, he quit. Yeah, is, is the end. So, yeah. But so. It's better. Than yeah, very stressful. And, and he was like, you know what? I don't want to do this. And he just took six months off. And he, now he's in Asia just doing crazy stuff. And I feel like in six months, he's going to have, you know, a lifetime of, of stories. Mm -hmm. So like a Joe, mm -hmm. I feel like he's going to have Joey Diaz stories for the rest of his so life. So it's funny you brought this up because I, I was literally watching this video the other day. You know, Jesse uh, Itzler, the guy who started uh, v, uh, the cocoa water, Vita Coco? Yes. Sold it to Coco. Yeah, yeah, Vita Coco. So he talks about how he does his year so that his year is interesting. He says, every month I try to do a mini adventure. So every month I try to do one thing I wouldn't normally do, which is like, go camping or like just what's what one weekend out of the box and with him he has a family so he does it with his kids and then every year he tries to do a big adventure yeah which is like climb mount kilimanjaro like something big and he's like think about it every year if you have 12 mini adventures and one big adventure you have a you have a lot of like good substance yeah, right? like and that. that stuff you can you can do it within yeah a, a short drive of something i think that's i, like that. I think that's, that's brilliant because yeah. you're also leaving what people live in a lifetime, lifetime, like you know, after three years, you're like, well, yeah. dude, I've done all these. Yeah, things. I mean, think about like, it. After three years, that's thirty six things you haven't Amazing done. Amazing yeah. things. And then what I was going to tell you though, it's because I know you like to travel. Then also like things within the states, like even if it's a quick thing, yeah, like yeah. getting that. I think there's always more stuff if you look into it. Yeah, mm -hmm. everywhere, especially, in New York. especially in, dude. Even in New York, like if. From going to games to the U.S. Open to, to, and doing something completely contrary, you're like, oh, I went to a milk farm sort of up north or whatever. Something, yeah, something totally out of the box. Yeah, I, the saw, box. I saw uh, Spanish tap dancing a couple weeks back. Ooh. I didn't even know that existed. Yeah. I thought Bro, it was like Irish tap sets. The, <laughs> the, it was really cool. The underground spas in New York, those are, oh, wow. like, those are crazy. Like. People just like literally disappear from the city, just go down and be like, Oh, I'm doing my salt baths and shit. <laughs> nice, that sounds great. <laughs> no, it's, it's, I even, I was thinking, it's, this is a funny topic to bring up because I was thinking about this last week. I was like, Man, in college, I was like, I feel like I was doing a lot more recreational activities like mm. scuba diving, yeah, like, yeah. Like, like all these other things. And then the last year or two for me have been a lot more just like, Oh, do this, like business maybe a travel thing it seems like it's kind of simplified in a way it's like you have to be super intentional about you have to be or it doesn't happen at all yeah it doesn't happen no one no one calls you up and it's like hey why didn't you do that thing it's like yeah and it does exist i mean there are communities for this, these things but yeah you, you do have to seek it out yourself <clears throat> only three days in a row sounds like you own a business <laughs> <laughs> All right, time for more Casa Lua. Uh, we need to we need to try the new one. I got it. Yeah. Oh boy, you haven't even tasted any of the test flavors of this one, have you? No, but it's funny because I mean, we were doing this how, how many years ago? Two years ago? Yeah. In in his apartment. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before it was just a dream. Mm -hmm. Oh, and we a have dream the new, and no, yeah. The new uh, the new packaging too. Oh, this is big. Wow. The debut. This is officially the debut. Nice. Nice. Let's go. Ooh, nice and cold. Is everything going to be in this 
in this one now, this this green can now? It's a green. I mean, it's supposed to be matte, so you, the feel is the same if you touch this. Yeah, it That's does. That's kind of where we're trying to get to. But, yeah. But we were starting to see, though, it was like um, you – a couple things, right? First is we had a lot of, like, famous people just drinking it like this. And when you see it like this, you think it's a Modelo. Oh, yeah. Like, on it's the picture. Oh, yeah. And we were like, fuck. <laughs> we just missed this moment with yeah. this. Like, for us, this is worth a lot. So mm. um, that's why we put this on the rim. Uh, yeah. The pattern of, of, the, of the door. Oh, nice. Casano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. And then the color was simply, I think we always wanted to do it. I actually always wanted to do it this color. And first of all, there's no seltzer that's green uh like officially yeah second of all what we saw was every brand that's truly made it in the long run owns a color like if i ask you guys what color is bud light yeah blue yeah what blue. color is bud weiser red color is coke right we can go down <laughs> yeah you're right they yeah. have yeah. colors very uh what color is sorry. heineken so if we did it with this, like, well, what's colors Casa Lewis? Like, I guess green, but not really. And yeah, there's said, no doubt that this is. We really got to yeah. own it. I like and, that. Ooh. And yeah, because then, like you said, if you can't see anything but the color, you assume yeah. it's Casa Lewis. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's just building more on that brand um, ownership, I would say. Like, owning a color. So, it's like, oh, this is Casa Lewis green. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited about this. All right. Cheers. See, All right. Too. Cheers. I'm nervous. It tastes like shit. Maracuya, maracuja. Maracuya. Maracuya. Salud. Salud. Here we go. Okay. Salud. Oh, it smells nice. Oh, yeah. I like that. It's wow. refreshing. Wow. Yeah, this is. Dude, that's good. Yeah, this one's good. Different to what we tasted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is. It got so much better. Yeah, this one's good. Yes. holy shit it's an improvement but actually you said something uh, i'm always interested in this you know you hear maybe you you already have an answer but maybe you have a future answer but you know the question is like and jacob you as well the i've made it right people oh, have these yeah. moments where they're like oh that's i mean total wine sounds pretty impressive but you have said a couple times you know when you make it so is there something that yeah. you know is a staple for making it i think it changes um it's a moving target. Yeah, that's the, that is mm -hmm. a problem. I mean, I'm like I'm doing Casalu and I'm already thinking like not what's gonna be next, but it's like how to make it bigger, how to make it stronger, yeah. how to make it higher. And then you're also like, oh, what are the side businesses that I'm gonna have? And like there's always that stuff that I think is natural for a for a founder. In our case though, this is gonna sound lame, <laughs> but when we're profitable. Oh no, it's <laughs> not lame. Yeah, of course. That I don't have to worry about anyone else but my targets it mm. it would be nice we don't have to do that though like i mean i don't know when this podcast is going to come out but um we're working on some partnerships that i think if they come through would be uh pretty unique yeah for, for sure for people from where i come from and, mm -hmm. and i think even for people in this industry for looking at it in a different way but dude, I over the past couple of weeks we've even meet, been meeting with people that I was like, holy shit! Like if if my twenty 
eight like 12 year old self yeah yeah had seen that and it's like i'm already i'm only getting started this would be pretty cool like this would be pretty cool like earning the respect of yeah. like i would tell you like you know top two out of the top 100 ceos in the u.s just like being there and they understanding the vision for Casalu, um including the number one in the industry it's um it's pretty special yeah, that, yeah those are big is, moments yeah that's, that's yeah it's i guess you gotta enjoy it more but i think it's one of those where it's like did i did we just have that meeting like did i yeah. just give a hug to x person like that's crazy like that's crazy so yeah, you, you do gotta step back um sometimes yeah for I mean, sure it's yeah some of that is crazy some of that is pretty crazy yeah i mean you, it's it's age old every, i feel like every old wise man has said enjoy the journey but it's like it's so hard to do in the moment because you're like you're you're constantly but the moving the target you know they've yeah. done so many studies right how mm. much money is enough to be happy and the answer is very simple more right <laughs> more you make well, 500 it's 700 you make 60 it's 100 you make 30 it's 50 yeah, it, I think it depends on personality too. But mm -hmm. right, but when you talk about a coach or an entrepreneur, for example, like I remember reading uh, the book on Bill Walsh, the score takes care of itself, and and the wife complained like, "Dude, this guy's just never happy." Like that's the problem. Like, like you win, mm -hmm. you won a tournament, and it's like I want to win two. Yeah, I won two, I won five, and it's like it never ends. So that there's one thing, and I do think I have, and and, and the three of us maybe have a piece of that personality but then the flip side is there's this other book called the book of joy um that i think about all the time which is pretty much like the cure for everything is gratitude along all our lessons and i think if you wake up right and you're just like i'm grateful for this thing that happened and you actually write it down or enumerate it or like keep mm -hmm. mind of it your days are just so much better you're just like i'm good i'm where i'm at I'm like, like it's all good you know um, I guess it's it's different for everybody. I can't judge anyone, but I mean, there's this an anecdote about Sammy Sosa, out of all persons, whatever. But they asked him, it's like with the sauce, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> dude. Like, are you scared of you know, or like, are you afraid of you know hitting your 500 home run? Uh, when he was playing with the Cubs, and he's like, "Dude, I was scared of when I couldn't eat." Yeah, get mm -hmm. yeah. Like five hundred home run. Yeah. Right? So I think having that perspective also helps a lot. Where you're like, rem when you can remember where you come from mm -hmm. and where you were before, then that also I think should give you peace um, in terms of where you're at. I do think providing for your family and just being okay, no debts, like it just be a nice, it's a nice place to be. Yeah, if you can live it, it's hard though. Yeah, it is hard. Yeah, though. yeah, yeah. Especially in New York. I mean, there's always a bigger, you know. That's you, a fast-paced society. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. everybody. It's it's a. You're chasing something always. There's a lot of chasers. I don't know how you manage that. I mean, how do you? How is it in your industry? Because I feel like from oh, my industry is terrible. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I, I went to this. I went to this bar where we had free drinks, and this guy buys a two hundred fifty dollars bottle of champagne. I'm like, oh, we, we have free, we have free drinks. We have free drinks. <laughs> He's like, I want champagne. I mean, he literally did it just to flex on everybody that he can afford it yeah. for that bottle. I mean, yeah, it's it's a thing. 
I know I was uh, <laughs> I was talking to someone who was servicing someone at Live, and he's like, "Here, yeah, he just paid forty thousand dollars on the top." <laughs> Golly, yeah, it's it's. <laughs> I was like, it never ends. That's the issue. You really have to get to like my, a billion, where it's like, okay, I have too much money, where it doesn't matter how much I ever spend. Oh, but Lord. but like you see that in in football players all the time, they'll make ten million dollars. Yeah. And they'll run out because, yeah, I mean, $40,000 every week. I mean, it does that. Oh, for sure. <laughs> that, that's, a, that's a really good point. And I'm curious on this. So that one of the last episodes of Tim Ferriss is with Morgan Housel. I don't know if you've read his book, but Morgan is an investor. And he talks about that same principle. But then he says, I talked to a 19-year-old who just got drafted and has this amazing contract. And I bring the topic up to him and he says, look, most people think we go broke because we're just spending the shit out of, out of our money. That's really not it. It's because I come from the inner city and I, I have to buy a house for everybody. to my fifth cousin. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. They're like, ob they so feel obligated to support so many people. The social debt is yeah. too high, yeah. right? Like if someone from that, background makes it then it be, it comes with the debt mm -hmm. like have all these people that just can say no like i'm so far away from them the flip side is he talks about there's this billionaire family that i know they have eight billion dollars in net worth they're doing fine <laughs> no one knows their name yeah and by mm -hmm. no one knowing their name they have no social debt yeah like, I can't ask you for anything if I don't know you're a billionaire, right? Yeah, like, yeah, if you yeah, come yeah. to me, I'm flip-flops and shorts, and I'm like... Low-key. Yeah. What do you do? No, dude, just my family business, whatever. I'm, we do okay. Like, All right. Yeah, this and guy. The, yeah, sports <laughs> is awful because the contract is public. Correct. Everybody knows mm -hmm. it. So if you make $2 million, it sounds like a lot. After taxes, it's one. And then, yeah, you go to any bar... It's assumed you'll pay. And guess what? You only play for four years. It's not like you're playing for 45 years like everybody else their whole career. Totally. So that, yeah, it's actually hard. Yeah, that's it, why it, it makes sense. He, he's mentioned something. It's like, dude, the, war, the best status you can have is rich and unknown. Yeah. The yeah. worst is broke and famous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, bro, everybody's Tough expecting you to do stuff, and you're like, "Catch me outside." <laughs> I was like, oh, no, actually, I think she signed some big contract. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she got paid. <laughs> yeah, she outside. But yeah, yeah. No, that's true. That's good. That's a good point. Yeah, it, it, you can get. It can. Yeah, if everybody around you thinks you have money, you can get. You can get in trouble. Hmm. What about Jacob? Do you have a? Do you have a? Um, a moment for I'm you that made it yeah i made it dude I, this is another this year has been that's been another topic on my mind because i think this year played out in a way that i didn't think would happen for another two years so mm -hmm. i feel very like kind of uh you're ahead of schedule yeah and i don't really know what to do next ah. so it's like trying to trying to start new things or trying to try new things which is like this studio like this itself just trying to see if there's what does the next sort of iteration of stuff look like? I'm also hyper aware that like what we do is very fragile. Yeah. You know, it's not like we have this, you know, sustainable software business where it's like people are sort of, um, I don't know, like it's not recurring locked right? in with what, yeah, it's not recurring. <laughs> like we start every month at zero and then like the month happens. So I feel kind of hyper aware of that, but at the same time, it's just sort of like, why not take the plunge and trying to do more original stuff and see what happens? Right. But 
all of this is like trying to explore and try new things that hopefully could be more, I don't know, um, more sustainable, less fragile in a way. So it's a blessing, but it's also a curse in a way of like, dang, this could go like quick, quick. But are, are there things that you have like a professional sort of like a target that you're mm -hmm. looking at that you're like, I want to. Well, I know for sure I definitely would like to be doing more more content that I'm a part of that actually is um, impactful in a way beyond just like meme -y types of things, which yeah. have kind of been like our bread and butter for a while. Yeah, so, you post a lot of um, with the company that hires um, disabled people. Three, two, one. Yeah, three, two, one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I mean, some of the stuff we do on the agency side feels really good because yeah. the people we're working with are great companies and that stuff's super fun. But I mean, really the media side of our company is what keeps the company alive yeah. and, and able to scale. And that's where things feel really mm -hmm. finicky. Cause in today's world, it's all like, you know, if you, if you sort of live and die by the success of content, you sort of live and die by the policies and the rules and regulations of the game you play, right. which is on the backbone of social networks, which I think everyone listening to this would know that those are kind of changing and flowing every month, if not every week and every day. So yeah, that's probably what keeps me up at night, knowing that like we need to try to do stuff that's more, um, that creates a more loyal fan base because the other stuff is so fleeting, you know, it's kind of like, It, it, it's working it's working it's working oh, it's not working it's not oh, it's yeah, working yeah. It's, work, it's not working it's not working and you sort of ride this roller coaster ride and that is like i mean that's stressful oh i can't imagine. that's so yeah. stressful yeah yeah because that's i mean that's your whole business yeah. now i can now playing devil's advocate on myself i can look back over the last 16 months and been like oh it's worked yeah but You didn't know it at the time. I didn't know it at the time. <laughs> yeah. And just because it's worked for 16 months doesn't mean it's going to work in the 17th month. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, there's this, this off, is, there's this, this off, different, dude. <laughs> I feel like there's this unfortunate thing where, uh, you know, they say the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again. Yeah. There's, it's kind of sucks where it's like, if you do the same thing over and over again and it doesn't work, it won't work. But if you do the same thing over and over again and it does work, it still might not work. <laughs> like it doesn't guarantee you'll keep working, but you'll yeah. guarantee you won't keep working. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, <Right. laughs> like, cause the thing that works changes. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes, And I speak from like our experiences, you needed to compound. So doing the same thing over and over and over again is what's required. Mm -hmm. like you just got to do it long enough for it to pan yeah. out. And how many actors didn't pop off until they were like 50 or like 60 yeah. and then they had a whole new career and right. they like punched that bag. Dumbledore. Yeah, they, they punched the bag for 30 years. Dead, by the way. Yeah. Oh, and, no. and all their, all their, everyone around them was probably like, "What are you doing? Yeah. Like, you're kind of crazy. Like, crazy. You to, I mean, Breaking Bad. Have you ever seen the main well, guy in Breaking Bad? Or anything else? I mean, he he was 45 when he made it. Yeah, I was talking to a friend about this, and I was like, "Dude, what an interesting thing." So, painters. If you're a painter, <laughs> okay, okay, you're like we. One of my co-founders, his cousin, works at um, one of the big auction houses in New York, one of the famous ones. So yes, yeah, yeah. Or in Christie's. Christie's. She's in she's nice. yeah, she's in Christie's. And she said, you know, because we were like making fun of like 
what's valuable art yeah is this prettier than that like i don't i don't fucking know like i have no <laughs> yeah. idea and then he says well one of the things my cousin looks at is basically how long were you a struggling artist <laughs> okay. as part of the value oh, the wow. intrinsic value yeah. of the piece and i'm like so that's the definition of a guy or a girl or whatever that was doing the same thing over and over oh, for yeah. 20 yeah, years yeah. Yep. that all their friends told him like you are crazy <laughs> as fuck yeah. yeah lost all your friends making these pictures and then now you are arbitrarily given value by an auction house because yeah. you did that wow and i was like yeah that world is you should go to jail <laughs> <laughs> you make a break yeah <laughs> you make a break people off of that yeah literally it's crazy Dude, I mean that that plays into the whole like NFT wave of how everyone was trying to act like this artistic value was coming in from yeah. homeboy who just like created something off of an algorithm yeah. on uh, <laughs> on his computer. Crazy. Yeah, that's a world. I feel like I haven't been close enough to the blockchain community. It, I, I'll tell lately, you, I'll tell you, but I've it's always, not over. It's not over. I mean, I I am not geek enough to explain it, but I mean. I've th been explained the technology since day one was like, this makes sense. This makes a lot well, of sense. Well, you, me. I mean, you were pitching, uh, I'm still so frustrated. I mean, Gabe was here pitching me Ethereum at like 50 bucks, Bitcoin oh, yeah. at like a thousand. Yeah. Remember, yeah. I'm like, bucks. it's up a hundred percent. This is way overvalued. <laughs> now, you know, Bro, I Bitcoin's tell this at 40,000. When me and you were at, um, the Forbes conference. Right. And we walked by the classroom oh, even earlier. in, um, where were we at? It, we were at MIT. MIT. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, they're talking about Bitcoin. I'm like, bro, what, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. like, bro, get out of here. Like, I don't even. Uh, no, you know what was worse? <laughs> when we went to tech, TechCrunch Disrupt. I don't know this. What, what? Jacob and I walked by a booth. There's this Chinese guy <laughs> talking about an exchange that he has. Uh, and gives us some stickers. And you could pay with Bitcoin outside. I was like, bro. Mm -hmm. And I was like, at that point is when I really started like learning about this because of that. Dude, that was the CEO of Binance. No way. CZ? Yes. Oh my God. Well, these days he's paying billions no, of fines. I, no, I, I know. That's crazy. He, though. That's he, crazy he, though. Quit, he actually quit today. Like, oh, really? He, today, yeah, right? yeah. He quit today. I was like, holy shit. We should have asked him for something. Right. <laughs> This is a multi-billionaire. Like, yeah, well, the people in the me? actual industry who are not just on the finance side, but are actually on like the creation side, like because my wife Jackie works in crypto, mm -hmm. like it's a very close, it's a small group. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people yeah. who, who do on the investment side and try to get rich. The people who are actually like coding and stuff, like it's a pretty small group. And it's well, you see a lot. I I don't know. I mean, yeah. What are the applications or whatever? Do you know what I remember about the current <laughs> That's totally different from what you. <laughs> you should switch it up. <laughs> we, we, stay, we stayed at this fancy hotel, by the way. Uh oh, is worth it. <laughs> That's where the lady was getting choked when we got off the. I'm sorry. Yes. And the guy was demanding his crack pipe back. Yeah, that was crazy. At MIT, our no. neighbor, like, uh, like, in, literally, like, window to window. Bro, we get off of the. What the subway or the bus? Oh yeah, we get like, and we get off. We oh, walk up like right and after the plane. Literally, a guy with a girl like in his hands, oh, and he's like, gosh. "Give me my pipe back!" And she's like, "I don't have it!" Like yelling at it, and I was like, "Oh, welcome to <laughs> welcome to San Fran. This is great." 
what I remember about TechCrunch Disrupt, well, I remember a couple of things, but I remember all of the the sex toys that were connected to apps. Do you yeah. remember? Oh that? my god! Yeah. And they were trying to get us to like download the apps on our phone and then buy the toys or yes. something. There must have been, <laughs> dude. I, there must have been there five booths. And the guy would like they, popular. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, why is this? This is what they're displaying at TechCrunch Disrupt. This is the the tech that's ch- defining the the year here. Then we figured out that you paid to be one of the yeah. That was before uh, we yeah people. <laughs> it's just a marketing yeah, you know their, doing stuff. Yeah, they're all their marketing. It's like oh shit, like that's what I should do. We should put up together a conference where people pay for booths, and then I don't do anything. It sounds great. A <laughs> yeah. couple keynotes, you're good couple to go. Keynotes. Yeah, easy breezy. <laughs> that was yeah. We did play a lot of VR. We stay at a hostel, bro, that the university paid for because they they didn't big ballers. Yeah, big ballers. <laughs> literally a like hostel. our window was hostel. next to a yeah hostel <laughs> in san francisco like you we would walk out and like all the needles on the floor oh my gosh like, well, all right like we miss the party and dude one yeah a hostel like one you know one shower like at the end of the hallway or whatever and then our window was next to a window of a different building where one night there was just people yelling at each other, just like throwing stuff. And it was like, oh my God, we're going to wow. get murdered. <laughs> That's interesting. So, so you, I'm like, I'm pretty brave. You know where I come from? Like, blah, blah, blah. And there's like, <laughs> Jacob, we're dying. Well, you mess I, with me. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, no, yeah, yeah, we're, we fucked up. We should have come here. <laughs> I'm curious though, because both you guys have, you know, companies and, you know, you're in Raleigh and then Miami, which is on the up. You know, up and up, but it's still not considered the mecca of like innovation. Totally. So, mm-hmm. have you guys thought about the San Francisco, New York, or, or is there a reason why you've stayed in the places you've stayed? Oh, man. Actually, for me, primarily, it's just because of like here is where I I have the best network of people. Yeah, and definitely what I do has benefited from that local network. But in terms of what has been the most you know, significant for the business is from the West Coast. Oh, it is? Yeah, for sure. There's just a lot of investment, like just a lot of money. No, just of, the, of uh, the organizations that we work with out there, you know, like they've been the most significant for driving the business. In LA, growth. maybe? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but it doesn't, but, but our business doesn't really matter where you are geographically for a lot of what we do. Yeah. So it's kind of been beneficial to be here in a standpoint of just having the local network that we know and then knowing that we can do work wherever we want to as long as we can find the opportunity, if that makes sense. I don't know. It's I think, yeah, no, I hear you. I mean, it's Rob, not, yeah, it's Rob, not like we need to be near like a cultural hub for something. Yeah, to us, know? for us, it's completely different. Yeah. Um, completely different. I, San Francisco would not qualify for us for my current type yeah. of business, uh, given that San Francisco doesn't build culture. Um, <laughs> when when we, they build technology and movements, but they're not for, specifically for Casalu right now, it's not relevant. When we started Casalu, the realization was pretty clear for us, right? Like, okay, our culture today is where black culture was 20 years ago. As we grew up with JC, Kanye, like all the things that uh, were happening, the NBA, um, you know, 
that was that was Allen Iverson then yeah. and LeBron and globally that factor you know MTV I remember back in Venezuela now kids are growing up with Lionel Messi at the MLS and Bad Bunny like you don't know the, the kids don't know the lyrics and they are singing to Spanish songs they don't understand and one out of four Gen Zs are Latino and oh, wow. that's huge so you know that's 25% of the population of the new generation and on top of that they end up becoming not only the biggest minority in the country but they have a leading presence in culture it is exactly what african american culture lived 20 25 years ago when they became mainstream so that's what we're living right so when we start casalu we say okay the next red bull is going to be latino can we be that and that's why the company really starts so when we take that leap part of the analysis was like it, it all came down to do we launch in miami or do we launch in new york we didn't consider la because we didn't have a network in la so we were there we would really be at zero even though if you're launching a consumer business la and new york have always been the equivalent to launching tech in san francisco mm. yeah And the reason is that's where culture is built. So if you're trendy here in Raleigh, you probably what you're wearing, let's say, that was probably in New York two years ago. Yeah. Right. Like you're coming behind the curve, and we need that innovation. We need that leadership in terms of culture. So for us, it was like, okay, where is the biggest Latino population? Definitely New York, LA, Chicago, Miami was by density. And we ended up deciding between those two. And it, it was really a flip of a coin, mostly because in Miami, everybody's advertising to the Latino. So we said, okay, if we can cut through the clutter, then we can win everywhere else. Mm-hmm. Like if we win it the hardest mm-hmm. place, then we can win. The most competition else. is there. Right. Like in New yeah. York, for Casalu, dude, it's a hit. It doesn't matter what we do. Like people just go crazy. Because they don't have any other alternatives. There's no alternative, like there's nothing like it. It's just freaking, it's just a good fit, which makes us one. And and then there was a liquor part of it where distribution was just much easier in Florida than in New York. In New York, every liquor store, every bar has only one license. What that means is you need to knock on every door, mm. like physically. Knock oh, on so every you door. can't do a contract with like 10 at the same time? No, it doesn't exist. Uh. So that was the ultimate reason we chose Florida, in this case, Miami. Uh, time will prove what was yeah. whether it was a good or bad decision, but uh, New York is. I would move to New York in a heartbeat. Like if we get the things how they're happening right now aligned, then I would expect myself to be living in New York within the next six months. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I, honestly, yeah. That, thinking about it more, it's like it probably came down to me more selfishly of just like where you want it to be. Where do I want to be? Or like, where do where can I actually afford to be and like feel like I can save and do those things? And like, North Carolina just seemed to be very natural for that. Because like Raleigh and Durham, like this, it's a it's a good place to be. I mean, yeah, it is. Consistently, it is. I feel like people are moving here and want to be here in a way. We're almost like a, a boom town in our own right. Um, not that I don't like other places. It's just like, oh, I I enjoy the lifestyle here in a way. Dude, I love North Carolina. Like. Being in Raleigh or yeah. Durham, I think it's amazing. I think the value we get for the for what's out there is 
it's like unfair. Like the yeah. places you get. I mean, when I'm here, I'm like, I travel the whole United States and I can get, it's rare for me to get good enough coffee compared mm, yeah. to me just going to black and white down the street. Yeah. So it's like, I have to pay like fucking $20 <laughs> for a drip coffee to get anything close to this in New York. Like, Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, Culture Shock, New York. Mm -hmm. There's this place called Kaz. Good uh, sandwiches. You may have heard of it. It's quite famous. Cat's Deli. Yeah, Cat's Deli. With the pot, with the, and it has all the photos on the walls? Yeah. Yeah. Really famous. I hear about it. I'm excited to go. The sandwich is $25. Yeah. That was the first meal I had in New York. And I'm just sitting there. I'm just like, how is that a real price? I mean, New York. You're paying for the photos on the wall. That yeah. Though, yeah. It sucks yeah. though. Because like whenever I have friends, like I have friends who come in sometimes like internationally. And they they like can't handle they, they they don't want to do anything because it's just oh, yeah. so expensive. Yeah. I'll go walk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Walking I mean, sounds nice I mean, today. I mean, <laughs> you touch the ground and it's $50, you know? It's, yeah. You got you to gotta earn enough to to be yeah. comfortable. But, and most Dude, people I don't know. I don't even know how people can afford even living in places that seem more affordable. I mean, you how how expensive food is these days? Yeah. You just go to get groceries. It's like I thought this was going to be a casual trip to the grocery store. It's like 150. Yeah. You're like, "Wait, what what's in the cart right now?" Like, yeah. it seems like everything's expensive. Yeah. I mean, inflation. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. I think that's your pitch for Bitcoin right there. Right. Inflation resistance. Stays the same value all the time. It is a matter of kind of you know whether you're producing enough compared to the cost of living right like are you generating are you are you in the right industry are you generating enough for what's being paid for it's also moving very yeah. fast so it's hard to adapt even yeah. if you're making more well that's what i kind of like i mean you said transaction i mean it kind of it's more stressful but it keeps you on your game mm -hmm. right yeah. if you have a recurring business you might, it might work for five years, but then in the six, when it stops working, maybe you, you're not on top of it anymore and you yeah, can't you keep going. It, Whereas it, now, start chilling. if you're changing every few weeks, yeah. you're always on whatever is best. Like yeah. You're constantly improving your game. and, and you know. I don't know, man. I have investors. I don't know I have planes and shit. Like, I want that. <laughs> yeah, well, they... they <laughs> <laughs> hey, That's man, the second I, half, not I, the first I, half of their life. I need to raise money. They're like, sure. <laughs> I guarantee you, in the first half of their life, though, they were hustling like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Go straight to the second half. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Skip that part. Don't Ray Dalio me with that bullshit. <laughs> Dude, have you guys been uh, tuned into uh, Sam Altman and OpenAI? Yeah. Like, what's the deal? I mean, like, I guess it makes sense to me. I don't know if you guys have ever had to build boards, but I, mm. I've had to build boards and. Well, that's why I wanted to ask you because I was like, I wonder what the reason for the breakdown was. So they claimed that he wasn't necessarily being truthful. Is what came up. Yeah. Um, but did you read into that at all? Of like, if there's a core reason behind, like, you know, that could be a front there, for a. Yeah, yeah. No, there has to be a reason why the board wasn't liking what he was doing. Yeah. Um, that's just very tough to figure out if you from the outside For because sure. I think it becomes very um, not personal but the first question is are, are, are incentives aligned mm -hmm. 
when you have an investor, your incentives are not aligned, right? Your investor wants certain multiple as fast as you can get it. Yeah. Does your IRR, right? Um, and out. Mm-hmm. Like if I can liquidate this or cash it out. So there will be expectations on how much can this be worth? The second the CEO starts taking edgy decisions or decisions that might risk that perception of how much can he or she make as a investor and board member if they have a vote, then that's when they start getting uncomfortable. And if not everybody's rowing on the same direction or in the same direction, then that's where real conflict mm-hmm. can happen. So what I would imagine from the outside happened is some kind of discrepancy between where Sam saw the business going mm-hmm. and then this guy saying, for, I mean, they took investment from Microsoft, right? So they had to be tied, at least mentally, to an exit to Microsoft. And I don't know if they challenged whether that was going to happen soon enough or later. And Sam wasn't necessarily in any rush to get that deal yeah. done. So, which would make a lot of sense. Um, and that's what I would imagine happened. So, he was thinking in a different direction than... Uh, when fa- Microsoft brought him back, what, three days? Yeah, after I mean... That yeah. was like, okay, something seems really kind of funky here. Right. Because if they liked him that much, to want him to be... Right. Yeah, there could be some jealousy, because, yeah. I mean, OpenAI, I mean, it was just him. I mean, name somebody else. You know, I, if one person gets all the attention for everything... You know, maybe, I don't know, it could be a little bit of jealousy, especially if other people were doing just as much work. Mm-hmm. Everybody, and, and they brought Emmett Shear. Like, I don't know how, why how he has Is that the Google anything. guy? No, no, he was a, um, um, what's the gaming, Twitch. He was a yeah, Twitch founder. Twitch. Oh, nice. Emmett. Hey, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> <It's> so random. <laughs> like, bring in the, bring uh, in the text. And the another techies. YC guy, like, yeah. dude, what? Just get me, stab me in the back like that, like. <laughs> And yeah, now they're reshuffling the board and uh, he's coming back. Yeah. You don't don't buy any of the uh, conspiracy theories about their uh, internal achievement of... uh, uh, Drop it. What what internal? (laughs) Oh, that they've officially reached, you know, artificial general intelligence Uh, internally and that uh, the board's freaking out about... No, yeah, I think... I will say... With like with other stuff, I mean with crypto and, yeah. and stuff, other companies have seemed interested, but with AI, it's sort of like we kind of have to do this, mm-hmm. or we might get left behind. Yeah, it it, it kind of seems inevitable. Yeah, it's a no brainer. It's made everything so easy for people. You know, it's yeah. like when I kind of when I compare like the um, like even NFTs and and like the the crypto wave that was so big. I think it was hard for like the sort of common person to be able to interact and understand it. But with like AI right now, you can literally just get on a little chat bot and start asking questions with a free account and be like, oh, this is actually kind of crazy yeah, what, totally. I'm, what I'm able to do here. I can actually like get this question answered or I could have this report written or I could do this research in way faster than I could before. And yeah. whenever, something, whenever something makes something so much like faster or easier, I feel like it's so hard to... You know, it's like our cell phones made stuff so much faster and easier. It's like you, you weren't going to slow that down. It was inevitable. I, I call it the black magic. So it's like, to me, the tipping point for something that's going to be worth a lot is 
was the was this black magic like black magic oh yeah so that's how i feel like the iphone was that's right yeah exactly like it was like wait a second like, what the fuck did this guy just pull out and like it's a, <laughs> it, wait it's an ipod and a phone yeah. and like oh my god like are we you safe here like it, yeah. yeah everybody just freaking out oh yeah um i think there's a lot of that uh i think uber was that mm-hmm Wait, wait, I'm gonna get this car and it's just gonna show up and it's gonna tell me <laughs> yeah. where it's coming. On my phone? I don't know. I, mean, to call I, it. I was like, oh wow. Yeah. Like, this just got so much better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. that's kind of where I would put this, of course. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, AI and machine no, learning that's interesting. have always been there. So it's to me, it's always been just this past the magic, black magic test. I mean, even just my first time actually like experimenting with it, I was like, no way. <laughs> Dude, I had it write, happened, like, I had to write a PR release for me today. And I was like, yeah. I don't have time for this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a couple little checks in it, it's like good yeah. to go. It's yeah, like, yeah. It's like, what information do I need to give you to write me a PR? And it's like, okay, here's the list. Okay, so okay, I got it. I'll do that. Here you G- go. Give you that. And I was like, oh, yeah. this is pretty good. We're just becoming manipulators of artificial intelligence. Yeah. I mean, they're enabling us, right? So it's one of those things where I, I mean, I love it. And there's like hoppy copy uh, for newsletters. Oh, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with imagery, I think you were talking about That's earlier before we crazy, started crazy. recording yeah, I know. with Adobe. Mm-hmm. I mean, great. So, I mean, if you can record a podcast on Autopod pretty quickly and then add the thumbnail, yeah. and, uh, everything, it's just, and, and just do it much faster. Like you were paying someone a thousand dollars to do that and now you don't No, the efficiency is insane are you generally optimistic or negative i'm optimistic yeah. i think everything that has been said about ai right now was said about computers yeah 50 60 years ago mm-hmm. so i don't see it any different i think it's i mean there's always going to be the question of how fast can humans catch up yeah to it but it is not in our best interest to get extinct. <laughs> <laughs> Getting extinct is not ideal. <laughs> yet. At least yeah. yet. So I th- I actually think we're going to at least, at the, at the very least, live a really solid next 50 years of very productive yeah. era. It would be good. And I think it would be very good. Yeah. Wow. I think it would be it's very good for everybody. You feel uh, optimistic or... Uh- I mean, I, I'm a little bit worried. I mean, I what, think... What's a reason to be worried? What are you seeing? That I mean, what worried? we were talking about, I mean, it, it, it definitely comes across that a lot of the AI can do a better job than, than people. And, it, and I feel like really smart people like Elon Musk have said stuff like, we already have passed, you know, it's too late. We've passed the point of no return. Mm-hmm. Um. So I guess, yeah, I'm, I'm worried that we'll have, you know, a couple smart people like Sam Altman who control everything and everybody else. Well, the script was flipped for me because I feel like if you had asked me even just two or three years ago, I would have been like, yeah, it'll be like a robot. Mm. And now it's like a thing you talk to. It's creative. That's yeah. the scary part. Yeah, it's creative. I, I, I use it to make my words sound better. <laughs> yeah. Not to sound more professional, but, but to sound more <laughs> interesting. Totally. Like rephrase. It's amazing. I, I will be like, hey, I want to sound like 
Ernst Hemingway <laughs> today. Literally, that, like these Shakespeare, are prompts. Shakespeare me now. <laughs> th- th- these are prompts that I use, uh, and then here's <laughs> the, what I feed you, and then you give it back to me. But I think use of the under that uh, structure, um, it's a very positive thing. I think it's positive for smart people. Yeah, or hardworking. The, the question is, what? When does it break? Like, when is there a tipping point of like, this is too much? Like, what can that? But be? I mean, how are we gonna stop? I just feel like once we hit that point, we're not gonna stop. We're no, headed. because it might be like, no, I'm replacing you. Yeah, human. yeah. yeah like, but like, that, what is that? Like, you are the problem, human. Yeah. <laughs> and then I think there's this. <laughs> That's pretty far down <laughs> the road, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's like Homo sapiens or, or in Sapiens or in Homo Deus by Yuval Harari, where he talks about evolution. So it's like, oh no, well, my claim is that, you know, humans and AI are going to get combined and there's, there's going to be like this new, you know, you had Homo sapiens, now you're going to have Homo Deus. Deus, oh. Deus is God, right? So you're just simply operating at a like next level. So it's like a new way like yeah. it's a new human like yeah. you're, you're basically a cyborg i mean that's but, inevitable but not the physically not yeah. the physical side but it's just like a combined side sounds great to me the problem sounds is, great to you <laughs> of course <laughs> <laughs> okay the problem is do you get replaced that's when it gets interesting mm. i think that's when it gets fascinating which is like okay is this natural selection like, is Ooh. this the next... The next level of Darwinism? <laughs> exactly. It's like, oh, no, you're not getting replaced by the next human like everybody else before us was. You're being replaced by an algorithm. Mm. I mean, that sounds awful. Yeah. I don't know if I want <laughs> yeah. to be there for that. Might that, as well let that one ride. That's why I said that's where the, <laughs> that's where the problem comes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And be like, oh yeah, you guys do you. I'm about to go here, roll on my and die. (laughs) (laughs) That being said, a happy thought. I don't think we can really control it. So I think you kind of have to embrace it. You kind of you have to use it. You really don't want to be the person who's who's blockbuster, right? No, I I don't think you can. I haven't seen anything that's like wildly crazy. I think the Boston robotics people were always the ones that gave me like a little oh, spoof with, with the, the robots. Dude, when you see uh, robots doing backflips and then you've watched like a couple Black Mirror episodes. Well, and then, just, dr- like, I mean, drones, right? Without people, it gets, mm. you start having wars where nobody's actually fighting. It's kind of, yeah. But I do feel like in everything that's happened in history, there's always offense and defense. And I've never seen just like a pure offense economy or even like infrastructure. There's always, you know, if you can build something for a negative, someone figures out a way to build it for a positive to defend Mm, people, mm -hmm. right? It's like, oh, the Germans just created this encryption device. And then it's like, well, the guys at Bletchley were like trying to break the code, right? Like there's always these sort of constant back and forth of, Good and evil, basically. Oh, yeah, the yin and yang of it all. Yeah. And I think that's just very natural. So if whenever it's sleeping into negative, someone seems to be able to figure out a positive to balance it out. Hope you're right. If Sam's our evil and Elon's our savior. <laughs> right. <laughs> Who right. knows? <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't even know if Sam's the evil or the good one. He could be the good one. Yeah. My chat GPT is pretty sweet, but it is. 
That is pretty sweet. I don't know. That's Bill Gates. <laughs> <laughs> well, boys, should we wrap it up? Yeah. Hell yeah. I'm glad you guys were here. Yes. We'll do it again. Yes. Salud. Good seeing you guys. Salud. All right.